Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Empire. Welcome to Inside the Cap. I'm your host, Joel Corey. You can find me on Twitter at Corey Joel, that's C-O-R-R-Y-J-O-E-L. And also read my regular CBSSports.com column, Agents Take on NFL Salary Cap and Contract Matters. Um, This time we're going to take a look at the other season that goes on during the preseason besides games being played, and that's contract extension season. Um, We've had the receiver market become extremely settled with um, DK Metcalf and Debo Samuel signing three-year deals for over $23 million per year, three-year extensions, that is, um, early part of training camp. We also had Kyler Murray um, become the second-highest-paid player in the NFL behind Aaron Rodgers on a five-year extension, averaging um, $46.1 million per year, $103 million fully guaranteed at signing, 160 in overall guarantees. Um, it was uh, the deal became more known for the infamous independent study clause, which was subsequently taken out of the deal. So we're going to focus on some guys who are trying to get deals done or would like to have deals done before the uh, regular season starts. And first up will be the one which everyone has the most interest in, and that is Lamar Jackson. Um, Lamar Jackson is operating without an agent, and he came out yesterday and said that if there's not a, de- not a deal done by the start of the regular season, he's going to call for negotiations. That's not an unusual tactic we saw in 2019. The reason why Russell Wilson got a deal done in April, he told the Seahawks that if we don't get a deal done by the time the offseason workout program starts, I'm not negotiating with you guys anymore. Um, and that got the deal done. Um, Jackson finally, um, before training camp started, or right at the start of training camp, said that he wanted to get a deal done as opposed to going year to year. Now, if I would imagine that the uh, Cardinals, not the Cardinals, the Ravens, are looking at that Kyler Murray contract as being more indicative of the marketplace, which isn't fully guaranteed at signing, whereas Jackson may be looking for that fully guaranteed contract that Deshaun Watson got, um, $230 million for five years, averaging $46 million per year. And when that deal came out, Ravens owner Steve Bishotti was not very happy, expressed his displeasure about fully guaranteed contract, particularly someone who in all likelihood is going to be suspended if not for the whole season for violating personal conduct policy for a good portion of the 22 season, being the first one to get the fully guaranteed contract. Now, if that's what is the biggest holdup in the deal as opposed to anything else, 
and we don't get a deal done, then we're looking at the franchise tag. Then the question becomes, which franchise tag? If you're talking non-exclusive franchise tag, that number is going to be about $32 million, depending upon where the cap comes in. And the Ravens would have a chance to match an offer sheet. If they don't match it, two first-round picks is compensation. Now, we did see that the compensation for Watson and also Russell Wilson when he was traded from the Seahawks to the Broncos was significantly more than two first-round picks. So some team might think that's a steal um, to get a quarterback of Lamar Jackson's caliber for just two first-round picks. And if not, the uh, Ravens could match it. And that could be the pathway to a fully guaranteed contract. That someone puts a fully guaranteed offer sheet out there and the Ravens have to match match that, the guarantees as well. And could be the... That's how Jackson gets a fully guaranteed contract. Now, the other thing is, let's say they go the exclusive route. The exclusive franchise tag is a different calculation. It's going to be the average of top five quarterback salaries, essentially cap numbers minus a, a couple of adjustments at the end of the restricted free agent period, which will be, I don't know, can't tell the exact date, um, but it'll be like April 21st next year. Now, salaries get frozen, like for restructures, the day you make put the tag on them. The tag deadline is March 7th next year. So if there isn't a restructure done by that time, the cap number at that time would be what counts for the calculation. You could have a subsequent restructure, like say Dallas restructures Dak Prescott on March 10th. The restructure number doesn't count. It's what the cap number was as of March 7th. Obviously, if guys get cut, they fall out of the calculation or new deals get done um, as well. But right now, that number projects to $45.648 million. So maybe you want to avoid the whole, if you got to that, the whole offer sheet uh, possibility. Now, if I start going year to year at that type of number, and I'm Lamar Jackson's, I might be inclined to go the uh, uh, Kirk Cousins route if I can't get exactly what I want. Because the franch- second franchise tag, in 2024 would be 120 percent of the first one and as of now that projects to 54 million seven hundred seventy seven thousand six hundred dollars now third franchise tag the following year 2025 would be 144 percent third and final franchise tag that'd be almost 79 million dollars so lamar jackson could most likely have his freedom after making uh, about $100.425 million, um, the way this thing's shaking out right now, over two years of franchise tax, then be free in 2025. And we saw that Cousins, very good quarterback, or good quarterback, maybe very good is a overstatement, but good quarterback, got a fully guaranteed three-year contract at the time, which was unprecedented, became the highest-paid player in the league. So you get Jackson out there, in 2025, he can probably write his own <laughs> name, his own price. Now, if he's dead set on a fully guaranteed contract, and the Ravens don't want to go to the uh, Deshaun Watson level in terms of the amount of money fully guaranteed, maybe you look for the shorter term for a full guarantee. 
He's under contract this year, fifth-year option, for $23.016 million. That's fully guaranteed. And if you know the exclusive franchise tag is going to average basically 50.2125 as a projection over the two years, maybe you structure three years, three-year extension. So you have him under contract for four years, shorter-term deal. Your guarantees aren't as much. Base it around $50 million or so. It's $150 million three years with the 23.016. So that's basically $173.016 million, and you've got them 22, 23, 24, and 25. Um, that may be the compromise. Um, the total guarantee would be less than Kyler Murray's if you include the additional amount of money that can come that is that can become guaranteed later in the deal that doesn't include an injury guarantee it's signing um, that number is 189.5 million so you'd be under that as well but that may be uh, one way to uh, get Lamar Jackson deal done before the regular season starts, which is his deadline. Now, um, another quarterback that now some people are speculating could get a deal done is Russell Wilson. Um, The Rob Walton group was officially approved as um, owners of the Broncos last week. He is by far the richest owner in the NFL, estimated net worth about $60 billion. Nobody's remotely close to that. And what kind of raised the red flag was Mark Rogers, um, Russell Wilson's agent, was at training camp last week talking to ownership. Now, uh, George Payton, the GM, a couple of weeks ago said uh, they'll get a deal done at the right time. Russell Wilson has a ton of leverage to more or less, to me, Ask for what he wants. Uh, one, because of draft capital that they gave up uh, to acquire him. Seattle got multiple players, tight end Noah Flant, defensive lineman Shelby Harris, quarterback Drew Locke, 22 and 23 first round picks, 22 and 23 second round picks, and a 22 fifth round pick to get Wilson a 22 fourth round pick. Generally, if you don't get a deal done as the team at the time of the trade, it's going to cost you more in the long run. So, to me, Wilson holds all the cards. His question is, does he want to fully exploit his leverage? Um, we saw that this year, Matthew Stafford, a guy who's on now his fourth NFL contract, um, didn't fully exploit his leverage. Had a chance to me uh, become, if he wanted to, Second highest paid player in the NFL. Just because the draft capital that was given up to acquire him, and he won a Super Bowl in the first year. But he decided just to go for something that's just fair. I don't know what the primary motivation or goal would be for Russell Wilson. Would he go that route? Or would he go the Aaron Rodgers route, and I'm looking to maximize everything I can exploit my leverage. Now, his agent, Mark Rodgers, has not been afraid to try to think outside the box. This is a guy that unsuccessfully tried to get Wilson's compensation in the latter years of a contract um, with the Seahawks 
tied to growth in the salary cap. He comes from a baseball background, so he's used to fully guaranteed contracts. You got Rich's owner, by far, in the NFL. So NFL's funding rules about having to put future guarantees that are just more than injury, skill, cap, so forth. In escrow, not a problem with Rob Walton, the Walmart heir. So last time Russell Wilson signed, he became the highest paid player in the league. Highest paid player in the league right now is Aaron Rodgers. Three-year deal, uh, $150.815 million averages. $50,271,666. So, Russell Wilson is under contract for two years, 2022 and 2023. Um, they've already paid him a $5,000,000 fifth day of the league year roster bonus. So, he's got $19 million left for this year. His 2023 base salary was originally $21 million. Um, based on his 2020 performance, he earned a million dollars of an escalator, so it's now $22 million, and he's got a $5 million um, fifth-day league roster bonus as well. So that's essentially $46 million left on his contract. He's already gotten paid the $5 million. He's done four-year extensions in the past. His first extension off of his rookie deal in 2015 was a four-year extension. And the deal that he did... In 2019, it was another four-year extension. So, just based on that, I'm thinking tack on four more new years. Then he's under contract for six total years. You've already got him for $46 million, And if he's looking for a fully guaranteed contract, and you want to be highest-paid player, that's new money of 50, let's say $50.5 million. That's 202. You add the $46 million in. Then you've got 248 million fully guaranteed. You're beating Sean Watson on the fully guaranteed amount because um, you got 248 to his 230. Now, if you just wanted to barely beat him, say it's 241, and you've got that 46 left, that leaves you 185 on a four-year extension. Then you're at 46.25 million, which would barely beat Kyler Murray. 46-1, and Watson. Um, so you still have the most overall guarantee, and you'd also get your fully guaranteed contract. Um, most fully guaranteed contract, and you'd have the highest average as well. So it's all up to Russell Wilson on whether he wants to push for the fully guaranteed contract and fully exploit his leverage, but I wouldn't rule out him getting one done this year. Originally, the timetable people thought was next year, but now you've got the ownership thing squared away. And, yeah, his uh, agent at camp uh, last week, maybe uh, we see something done of him. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's turn our attention away from quarterbacks. Now, the 
Colts want to get Quentin Nelson's extension done hopefully this month is what the uh, reports have been now Jim Irsay at one point said something that if I was uh, Quentin Nelson's agent it would be music to my ears and it's what I called my version when I was an agent Miranda anything positive a head coach front office uh, executive or owner says about my client can and will be used against you in a negotiation. Well, Jim Irsay has called Quentin Nelson a generational talent and compared him favorably to John Hanna. For those of you who don't know, John Hanna is in that discussion for the greatest offensive guard of all time. So if that's what you guys think about him, then we are going to massively reset the guard market or there's not going to be a deal done um, if I'm representing um, Quentin Nelson. Now, his streak of first-team all-pro selections was snapped in 2021. He had three straight. He had back and ankle injuries, but he's made the Pro Bowl in each of his first four seasons. Now, top of the guard market did did not move as much as uh, Nelson probably wanted. Um, highest paid guard is Brandon Sheriff um, when he left the Commanders after being franchise tagged twice um, in free agency to go to the Jaguars. Uh, he got a three-year deal for $49.5 million. That's the base value, averaging $16.5 million per year. That's 52.5 is the total value with incentives. That's not what I'm looking to do. I want to be the first $20 million per year guard, particularly if I'm um, Quentin Nelson. Since you think I may be the best guard to ever play the game, then we're blowing up the guard market um, if I'm representing him. Now, if there is an offer on the table, which doesn't make me the highest paid offensive lineman on the team, I don't consider it a serious offer. Highest paid offensive lineman on the team is right tackle uh, Braden Smith, uh, signed last year for $17.5 million per year. But if I can't get to 20, I want to be the highest paid non-quarterback on the team. Last year, Darius Leonard, also a three-time first-team All-Pro. Last preseason, signed five years, $98.5 million extension for $19.7 million per year. So if I can't get to 20, I want to be the highest-paid non-quarterback on the team. Now, I also want to be one of the five highest-paid offensive linemen in the NFL. And it's all tackles. You've got Trent Williams at $23.01 million, Dave Bakhtiari at $23 million, Laramie Tunsil at $22. Uh, Ronnie Stanley at $19.75 million, and Ron Ramchek at $19.2. So I, top five. I can't get to top three. That's, that's, un, that's probably a bridge too far. But got to be at least top five. Want to be more than Leonard. Trying to be the first $20 million per year guy. It's an interior offensive lineman. Now, what if we don't get a deal done? This is where you may have ammunition to get to 20. You're going to stick a franchise tag on him. You're not going to let him walk out the door. He's playing on a fifth-year option. 
um, of 13.754 uh, million, but you're not letting them walk, walk out the door. Under my projections, and this is at the salary cap would be 225. You've got the offensive lineman number jumping from this year's 16.662 million to 18.336 million. And if you, what agents will sometimes do is they'll take the average of two franchise tags and use that as a basis for a long-term deal. So if you had to go second franchise tag based on that number, and that means that the tag would be basically 8.15% of the cap. We don't know where the cap's going to come in, but let's say it's 225. Then the second cap, second tag would be slightly over 22 million. So we're talking basically 40.34 million. For uh, two tags, that gets to 20.17. So, Quentin Nelson's Colts priority to get done will become the highest paid guard when there's a deal. It's just a question of how much more he's going to get than Brandon Sheriff and whether he's going to be able to really blow it out of the water and just dramatically reset the market. Now let's turn our attention to two hold-ins. Because of the fines in the CBA, uh, $40,000 for each day of missed training camp if you're on a rookie contract, and then if you're in the fifth-year option, not only is there $40,000 for each day that you hold out of training camp, you have an additional penalty of one week's salary for each preseason game missed. Um, fine. That fine for guys on the rookie contracts is forgivable. Can be waived or reduced. It's $50,000 per day for guys on veteran contracts. But if you are on a veteran contract and signed as an unrestricted free agent, then that game check penalty also applies to you. The $50,000 per day is not forgivable. It's mandatory. Has to be fine. Has to be taken. Now. Because of the steep fines in the 2020 CBA, last year we saw a new phenomenon called the hold-in. And we saw Jamal Adams, T.J. Watt hold-in, didn't do anything team-related, did some individual stuff on occasion, um, conditioned to stay in shape until they had new contracts. In T.J. Watt's case, that didn't happen until a week before the regular season. Dwayne Brown also held in and just got some modest adjustments to his contract and just recently signed with the um, uh, New York Jets. Now, we've got Derwin James holding out with the Chargers. Everything's going smoothly with that hold, I mean holding in, I should say. With that hold in, not hold out, it's a hold in because they both reported. Everything's going smoothly with that hold in. Um, the, the anticipation is there will be a deal done um, before the start of the regular season. Um, that way, James will not be playing out his $9.052 million option. Now, he's probably got his sights set on becoming the highest paid safety. Um, Mika Fitzpatrick, um, during the offseason, um, I believe in June, became the highest paid safety of the Steelers. Four-year extension averaging $18.247 million per year with $36 million fully guaranteed at signing. Now... The big hesitation to me with making James the highest paid safety is he's got durability concerns. Awesome rookie year. First team all pro as a rookie. 
pro bowler. Played five games over the next two years because of injuries. And there was some speculation that the um, Chargers weren't going to pick up the fifth-year option. They did. You have to do it after the third year. Bounced back last year and got back to his previous form. He had off-season shoulder surgery, left shoulder surgery as well. <laughs> so there's another injury you had to deal with. So I understand why there would be some concern about wanting to make him the highest-paid player given the durability issues. Now, one thing that you might want to do from a team standpoint is stick per-game roster bonuses in a contract, which I tweeted last week that I hated per-game roster bonuses for passion when I was an agent. I'd rather have the money in base salary, certainty of earning the money. Um, With per-game roster bonuses, typically you have to be active in order to earn the money. So let's say you had $50,000 for each game you're active. 17 games, that's $850,000. And let's say you get hurt, you miss eight games. You're out $400,000. Or let's say week 18, the team has clinched the playoff berth. You're healthy. They don't want to play you. Risk injury because they're sitting starters. You're in street clothes. You're out of $8,000. Didn't like those things. In this case, I could see where, where the Chargers would want them because of durability concerns. Well, if I'm James, I'm balking at those because no other Charger has them. They don't do them. So if I'm the Chargers, another thing I'm thinking about is going back to the Sean Lee contract. Uh, when he got his big deal with the Cowboys. Sean Lee was someone that was great when he was healthy, but availability was not his best ability. So when he signed a six-year extension in 2013, it had a significant escalator each year. It was either $1.5 million base salary escalator or $2 million base salary escalator if he played 80% in the previous year. So if I'm the Chargers, I'd be fine making one of the three high, James, one of the three highest paid safeties. And to do that, if you're at 17, you would be easily third. It's Harrison Smith right now at um, shade over 16. Um, Jamal Adams is second at 17.5. I might even be willing to go, if I'm the Chargers, you can earn it, stay on the field. You can hit the 80%. We'll have an escalator $2 million each year, up to $2 million each year. So you're at 19 if you do it. Now, if I'm the agent, I'm balking at that. <laughs> um, I'm like, you're going to assume the risk. He needs to be the highest paid guy. You're paying him what you expect him to do. You expect him to be healthy. And we expect him to be the best safety in football. So you're going to have to top uh, Mika Fitzpatrick. Now, the agent is David Mulgetta, who um, did that landmark um, Deshaun Watson contract. He also represents uh, Kevin Byard, who became the highest paid safety when he signed, I think that was 2019, I believe, and also um, Buda Baker, who became the highest paid safety in 2020. 
And when Bayard became the highest paid safety, uh, the market was at 14. He got 14.1. So that's less than a 1% increase. And then when Buda Baker became the highest paid safety, he got about a 1% increase. So let's say he gave Derwin James a 1% increase over uh, Mika Fitzpatrick. Then you're going to be basically at like 18, 4.25 million per year. So we'll see. If he becomes highest paid safety, I anticipate he will. But if I'm the charge, I'm putting up a fight because of durability concerns. Now, let's turn our attentions to the hold-in where everything seems to have gone off the rails a little bit. Through Ian Rappaport last week, we had um, Roquan Smith, who released a statement that the Bears hadn't been dealing in good faith. Uh, They've been giving him take-it-or-leave-it offers. And he's lost trust in the organization. Um, one thing that did catch my eye was they asked for a de-escalator. Smith gave rap reports that there are 94 non-quarterbacks averaging $15 million per year or more. And none of them have a de-escalator. And by de-escalator, I'm assuming he means not the workout bonus de-escalator that the... Um, Cowboys and Texans put in contracts, but a true salary de-escalator. And this is the last time I you don't see true salary de-escalators in contracts. The last one I can recall of any consequence was in Tyler Lockett's first extension, not the one he signed last year, but the... Um, Extension he signed, I believe that was in 2018. Uh, I remember there being a base salary de-escalator if he didn't hit certain um, statistical thresholds. He had an escalator de-escalator, so it worked both ways. But that's highly unusual um, in a contract. So I can see where there would be some offense to that. Ryan Poles hastily caught a press conference and then pushed back on that a little bit saying he thought they'd been treated unfairly. They're committed to trying to get something done. And there are record-breaking elements of the contract. Uh, presumably, since uh, Smith said the deal was backloaded, that they're going to give him the biggest signing bonus for a linebacker. Currently, the biggest signing bonus for a linebacker is Shaquille Leonard's $20 million. So that's probably what um, Poles was referencing. Now... We've seen some backloaded deals, which will make someone the highest paid player at a position. I'm assuming that uh, Roquan Smith wants to be the highest paid off-ball linebacker. That's currently um, Shaquille Leonard at $19.7 um, million per year. A couple of years ago, we saw Alvin Kamara sign a deal for $15 million per year. $75 million over five new years. Yeah, but that's really 50 over four. Because 25 million is in the last year, he's never going to get that. So I'm assuming there's some serious backloading in the offer. Um, I'm not big on, as an agent, these cosmetic deals. And we saw two of them at the wide receiver position. De- Devontae Adams, 140 million over five years. He's got like 36.25 million each of the last year. So it's really 67.5 over three, realistically. Saw Von Miller, 120 over 6 million. 
he's not going to be playing at, what, 36, 37, 38, those inflated last two years of the contract. It's not a twenty real $20 million per year deal. Tyreek Hill, um, $30 million per year on the extension, but it's really 75 over three. $25 million per year. He's not going to be playing $45 million the last year. I, I've never been a big proponent of that. I'm like, if it ain't real, I don't want the distinction of being able to say I'm the highest paid guy. I was say more of a substance over form guy. If I'm going to be the highest paid, I want it to look like a real highest paid deal. And we get there. Brokon Smith was on the physically unable to perform list, uh, PUP. I don't know if it's a coincidence or not, but the day after he went public, he comes off PUP. Now, there have been people who were saying he'd be subject to the $40,000 per day fine and the game check fine. That applies to a holdout. This is a hold-in. Now, CBA does have dis- different discipline should the Bears want to find him. He didn't practice on, I believe that was, what, Thursday? He, he didn't practice on Thursday, and uh, Matt Eberflus, the head coach, was not happy about it. He was like, I don't know why he's practicing. I expect other players to practice. you got to ask him. So uh, we saw a last, couple of weeks ago, I think it was late last week, Kareem Hunt, the second running back for the Chicago, for the Cleveland Browns. Once a new contractor traded, held in, he got fined. The fine wasn't released, but the way I'm reading under Article 42 of the CBA, which handles club discipline, there's a separate section, unexcused, missed mandatory meeting, practice curfew, scheduled appointment with club physician or trainer, uh, material failure to follow club rehabilitation directions, scheduled promotional activity, scheduled workout, weigh-in or meal, progressive discipline. The fine, you have to go to the exhibit at the end of the section for the 2022 Exhibit A. Fine for each time it would happen would be $15,090. And it says progressive discipline. So the way progressive discipline works under the CBA is for first offense, it's 40% of the max fine. For a second offense, 70% of the max fine. Third offense, it's 100%, which would be the $15,090. Now, you can give a player a warning or two in lieu of a fine, but then the third time, 100%, and then it's 100% after that. Now, if the Bears are trying to sign this guy, don't want to trade him, which they said they weren't going to do, don't want to further fan the flames, they're going to let that slide. They're going to come up with some sort of plan where he's doing conditioning or whatever, but they're not finding him. Because <laughs> if you're trying to sign him, obviously it could be forgiven in his case, but why would you want to inflame what is already an acrimonious situation? Now, one thing I did see that came out a lot was uh, Roquan Smith doesn't force any turnovers. That's where Shaquille Leonard may be better than anybody else in the league. 17 forced fumbles through his first four years. Roquan Smith won. Now, I also saw something else where it was talking about first four years, players with said 500 tackles, um, I believe it was 10 sacks, 
five interceptions and 40 tackles for loss, 30 tackles for loss. Now, I looked at the list, and it was like five people, Patrick Willis, uh, Shaquille Leonard, uh, Brian Urlacher, Roquan Smith, and Levante David. Now, if you raise it to 40 um, tackles for loss, and there's three guys, Urlacher, Levante David, and Roquan Smith. Now, pretty esteemed company. Bears got a ton of cap room next year. They're projected, depending upon where the cap comes in, to have close to $100 million in cap space. Now, I wonder whether they've raised in negotiation the idea of a franchise tag. For Lamar Jackson, that's a no-brainer. Derwin James doesn't get done, he'll probably get franchised. That number will be about 14-6. Quentin Nelson, he'll get franchised. Although, up until the past couple of years, you didn't see guards getting franchised. Scherf twice. Um, Joe Tooney once, which is a surprise, in 2020 by the Patriots. Off-ball linebacker has not been franchised since 2011. I also heard some people talk about there's a middle linebacker franchise tag. Nope. The franchise tag positions need to be redefined. There should be an edge rusher position. But there's not. There's a defensive end position, and there's a linebacker position. Now, that linebacker position is primarily made up of three, four outside linebackers make up the tag. So you're talking edge rushers, but the three, four outside linebackers make up that number. So that number is going to be pretty high. As I said, you haven't had an off-ball linebacker franchise since 2011 with David Harris. And that was the year they changed the formula was that cap percentage average thing, which went into that CBA. So the numbers got rolled back from where they'd been in 2010 uh, somewhat. He's the last one. The Bears, however, did put a franchise tag on an off-ball linebacker once. 2007, they did franchise Lance Briggs. They're going to have a ton of cap room. They're going to have about $100 million in cap space. Now, my projections of where this number is going to be, let's say the cap is going to be... 225, then we're talking right about 21 million for a franchise tag. I don't know if that came up. If it came up, then my first thought would be wait a minute. If you could stick a franchise tag on me for basically 21 million and Leonard's at 19.7, we got to be over. <laughs> you got to make me the first 20 million dollar per year um, off ball linebacker. <laughs> I don't know if they brought it up or not. And then if you went twice, you're talking like 25-2. So you're basically talking two franchise tags. The average of that is $23 million per year. If they ever brought that up, that may have been a tactic. That may have been a mistake on their part because <laughs> I would be – I know he doesn't have an agent. As an agent, I'm like, look, you're going to franchise him? We'll go year to year. You're talking 18, 19. You're not making me the highest paid. We'll go year to year and then leave. And then another thing I wouldn't want – is a five-year deal. I wouldn't want one if I'm Quentin Nelson, Derwin James. It's been a bunch of fours. And with off-ball linebacker, I particularly don't want one. I'm trying to get two bites of the apple like Bobby Wagner did. Um, Four-year deal, first extension. Second one was a three-year extension with the Seahawks in 2019. And here's a little bit, here's the difference with Roquan Smith. He's a first-round pick, fifth-year option. Fred Warner, who's at 
five million, second highest paid off-ball linebacker, and Shaquille Leonard, they two picks. So four-year deals. They got extended after three years. They did five-year rookie contracts. I mean, five-year extensions. So that would be if they played out both contract, played out the um, extension after nine years, they get a new deal. If Roquan signs a five, he's got the five-year rookie contract, another five years, that's year 10. And you're talking the way off-ball linebackers go. First, they don't age particularly well, as is what we've seen recently with some of these deals that uh, Miles Jack got cut. Um, Zach Cunningham took a pay cut. How much is going to be worth after 10 years in the league? So I'd want a shorter-term deal as well. So that may be another another holdup um, as well. So we'll see if um, the Bears and Roquan Smith can get back on the same page and get something done before the regular season starts um, as well. And one last guy I want to mention, Darren Waller wants a new deal. In training camp, participating, leaving everything to his agent. This guy's been a stud. He's got two years left on his deal for $14 million. Uh, had back-to-back 1,000-yard, uh, 100 reception seasons last year, slowed by a knee injury. Um, I'd try to become the highest-paid um, tight end on a new deal if I could get one done this year. Um, the deal he signed um, back in, I think it was 2018, I want to say, uh, 2019. Made sense. He gave up uh, 300 restricted years at about $9 million per year because uh, he, he was going to get a second-round tender, and then he just blew up <laughs> in a way nobody was expecting. So um, highest-paid tight end is George Kittle at $15 million per year. Um, we know that New England system loves to use tight ends, tight end-friendly offense. Josh McDaniels bringing over. I'm setting my sights on something in the Hunter Renfro neighborhood. He signed a two-year extension. Averaging 15.85 million per year, um, so give up three new years under contract under under uh, for five years. The new money average between 15 and 16, uh, maybe that gets something done. If not, expect him to get done um, next off season. Well, that's going to be it for this week's um, Inside the Cap. Don't forget. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Corey Joel, that's C-O-R-R-Y-J-O-E-L. And also read my regular CBSSports.com column, Agents Take on NFL Salary Cap and Contract Matters. I'll see you back here next time, and goodbye.